Uh, my name is Laura Kegley. It's like squiggly. Kegley, Laura just works fine. Um, those that know me well call me Tex because I'm from Texas. Okay, um, but just a little bit about myself and then we'll pray. Who would have thought we'll pray on prayer? Okay, um, just here's my life. I'm a Texas Cali girl to the heart. Uh, born and raised in Texas. Grew up at St. Paul in Fort Worth. Um, there we go. Good thing. Um, and then God called me to go to school in Concordia, Irvine. So I was down in Southern California for college. And then been back and forth. My alumni, any, any eagles out here? Go be an eagle. It's cool. Um, but then God called me in multiple different ways. Um, I moved back to Texas. Worked at St. Paul in Fort Worth and another church in, for an internship in Cleburne. And then God called me back, this time to Northern California. And I worked at Bay Area, where my folks at. Um, so I was at Healdsburg at Good Shepherd. Um, really cool at that church. Um, they took a leap of faith of 100 people and called a full-time DCE. So just a really cool thing. I started with one kid in high school ministry at that church and loved every minute of it. I don't know if he did, but I had a blast. Um, and then I worked at Prince of Peace in Fremont, which is just south of Oakland, north of San Jose. Um, loved it because I love that diverse God we serve. And Fremont had more languages spoken in that city than anywhere else in the country. And it was just awesome to be a part of that. So, and now God has called me back to, um, I'm at Trinity Lutheran Church in Tyler, Texas. So, um, culture shock adjustment. Bay Area, a lot of diverse people. East Texas, white folk. Okay. But God is good and he's present in all those things because he is a real present God. Let's go to him in prayer. Oh, man, God, you're just so amazing. And I stand in awe of how you have created us to be so unique and different, but yet we have one God, and that's you. Father, I pray that as we talk about how we come to you and approach you in prayer and have conversations with you, that it would be bold, it'd be authentic, and it would be real. Bless our time this this afternoon, and we all ask this all in God's name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Um, I love saying the amen together because it's like that stamp of approval when you pray that everybody's in agreement. So when you say amen, say it bold, okay? Be proud of that amen. Um, here's a little video just to get us started. Prayer has been redefined and twisted and confused. But at its essence, prayer is simply talking to God, the God who spoke the universe into creation, who gives us life and breath, who holds all things together. This God wants us to talk to him. In the vastness of all that exists, he actually cares about us personally individually. How can we not pray to such a loving God? Wherever we are, how can we not thank him for what he's done or cry out when we need help? 
When we need forgiveness, when we're afraid, when we give thanks for our blessing or question where our next meal will come from, why would we live a life apart from Him? It's not about formula. How could any posture or well-chosen word impress the author of time and space? It's simple obedience. God has made Himself available to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to trust in Him, to acknowledge our dependence on Him, to draw near to the one who loved us first. Approaching with confidence, because Christ has torn away the veil. He's washed away the sin that kept us from His presence. And we live in relationship with our Lord. And so we ask that His kingdom come. His will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. That is prayer. Um, so really, prayer is our way that we get to communicate with the God who created us. Um, it enables people to know, love, and worship the God who did that creating. He knit you together. He knows the most intimate parts of you, and he loves you. So that's our way to communicate with him and him to us. Okay, I'm going to ask these questions just in your head. Either answer yes or no, okay? Um, if you had a million dollars, would you give me a thousand? Okay. Um, would you let me borrow your deodorant? Okay. Would you trust me with complete access to all your emails, texts, social media accounts um, for two days? No. All your fake ones, too. No. How many of you said any yeses at all? Oh, love you, Mr. Right Peeps. Okay. Those are weird questions to ask, right? Like, you don't know me, I don't know you, and you only would say yes to those things, really, to people who you know and love and trust and they're invested in you. I still will not share my deodorant with you. I don't care if you're family or not. That's gross. Go get your own, okay? Um, but it's awkward, right? But what does that mean for our prayer life? How does that either give us the freedom or hinder us when we come to our God who's real and present in our lives and we can't ask those kind of questions? I would totally share my deodorant with Jesus, just by, by the way. But I think he smells good all the time because, like, he's Jesus. Um, okay, so what does that reveal about our freedom or awkwardness we might experience when we pray? What is the greatest struggle with prayer? Give me some, what are some of your greatest struggles? Knowing what to say. Putting everything into words. Stumbling on your words. Yeah. If he's actually listening, Yeah. It's this weird thing that God tells us to do, and we have so many questions around that, right? So Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, right? 
So he gives us this model of what it's supposed to look like, but it feels very rote and not authentic sometimes. Are you guys with me? And then it's words that we're like, well, I don't talk like that, right? So how, how do we have this authentic prayer life with the God who created us? I love that our theme is diving into the Psalms. Because let me tell you, David, David was your age. As a shepherd boy, he needed deodorant. Okay? But he had such an incredible prayer life with a real present God. And here's the other thing, and it struck me as I was prepping this. David never saw God. He didn't walk with God. If you look throughout Scripture, there's only certain people in Scripture who had a face-to-face encounter with the God who created them. David never had that. So if David can pray like what he did in the Psalms to a God he couldn't see, we can too. All right, so that's the encouragement part, right? David's in the same boat we are. But I want to pray like David. Okay. So King David, devoted to his prayer life. Oh, those are my questions. There were things that he did. There were different structures that he had. He had scheduled prayers. So as for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Okay, you know that when it's the capital letter, Lord, it means Yahweh. It's God's name, his real name, Yahweh. Nobody ever said that because it was like, we can't say that. But David did. Okay, boldness. So evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. When in your life do you have scheduled prayers at morning, midday, evening, meals, bedtime? But meals, right? Simple things. It's a scheduled prayer time to get us focused, right? So he had those, those, those scheduled prayer times, breakfast, lunch, dinner, okay? Then he says, seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous laws. Okay, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to praise my parents if they gave me rules. Like, thank you for making my curfew 11 p.m. But seven times a day. I'm like, some days I struggle just to do the three. But David did seven times plus the three scheduled throughout the day. So he had scheduled times that he would praise the God who created him. Okay? But more than not, they're spontaneous. It's as he's going through life, as he's like slaying a lion to protect his sheep. God, I thank you so much. Okay, I'm sure he didn't sound like that, but I'd like to think he did. Um, But he had boldness. He talked about needs. There's confusion in his life. There's a crisis. King Saul is trying to kill me. Right? That's a crisis. I'd be stressed too if I was having somebody come after to kill me. The burdens that he has, requests, the blesses, the praises, and then his sin. And we see those sprinkled throughout the Psalms of spontaneous prayers that David wrote, okay? Like this one. In the morning, O Lord, 
you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. That's the NAS version. I forget what it stands for, but the NIV, if that's more your speed. In the morning, Lord, I hear you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait expectantly. I love this. I wait expectantly. Because when we give our whatever it might be to God, he's going to show up. And I'm going to wait for that. Sometimes it's a yes. Sometimes it's a no. Sometimes it's a not now. But am I, I'm waiting. I want to know, God, what is the answer to this that I'm struggling with? Okay. Praying like David, praise and thanksgiving. Like we see this sprinkled throughout scripture for him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. He did this all the time. And in reading the Psalms, we noticed immediately that typically the first order of business in David's approach was to begin with worship. This priority was reflected in how he instituted singers, musicians, and had them play day and night so that his mind was focused on that. How many of you guys like listening to music? Yeah? Okay. Um, little tidbit about myself. In high school, I refused to listen to the Christian radio station. Okay. I was like, because the DJs annoy me. They still kind of do. Because it comes off as this patronizing voice to me. It's not authentic. And so I struggled with that. I still struggle with that. Thanks to Spotify, I don't have to listen to any of that anymore. But I make my playlist. I have a praise and worship. You can follow my playlist. It's DCE Laura. If you don't want to create your own. But I start with praise and worship in the morning as I'm getting ready because it helps my mind focus on the day. David did that. It's my conviction, like the deepest part of me, that both from scripture and personal practice in establishing a vital and vibrant prayer life is directly linked to the beginning of praise and thanksgiving. Music has a way to say things that you don't know how to say. Who is it that said, I don't know how to order my words? Somebody said that over here. Yeah, something like that. There are some amazing artists who speak directly to the stuff that I want to say. And so I'm able to pray through what God's doing in their life through the worship that I get to sing. I probably look crazy when I'm driving because I'm like an out loud talker and thinker. So I just talk to myself in the car and sing. And I jam out and I sound awesome. Okay. But we enter his with thanksgiving and praise, right? So we see this. David does this every time. The other thing he does is there's this acknowledgement of dependence. 
give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. That's a promise. It's a promise. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. I have clung to that because I'm a knucklehead. Like, I do really dumb things all the time. Ask my parents. No, don't. Don't ask them. Um, But to know that this promise, he's not going to let me slip and fall so bad that he's not going to be able to find me. He's there all the time through every, every part of it, okay? So he acknowledges that, one, he's not God and God is, and that he needs him for both forgiveness of his sins and the carrying of his burdens, the tough stuff. The things in life that you're struggling with that suck. Like truly suck. You with me? Yeah. Okay? That dependence. And to speak those things to God. That's the power of it. Of that acknowledgement and dependence on him. David knew that the one thing that hindered him the most was any unconfessed sins. And that was the driving force of that separation between him and God. You know, and I remember saying, well, God already knew I did it. Why'd I got to tell him? Because it's that ownership that we take for ourselves where we say, God, I screwed up. Bad. And God says, I know, and I love you anyway. And it's that reassurance that we hear from his word like this. I'm not going to let you fall where I can't get you. Not going to let that happen. You mean too much to me. Okay? So David would lay it out at the foot of the cross and say, God, it is yours. I'm a knucklehead Fix me and make me look more like you. So David did that. Then he had this confession of promises. But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Thank goodness he does not get angry at us. Like, I don't know if I could hang in the Old Testament, like when God, like, brought his wrath down. Like, that's kind of scary. Um, but that he's slow to anger. I mean, you guys have had, like, your parents yell at you, like, bad. Yeah, right? Like, it's not fun. Um, any of you, like, literally fearful of your parents? Right? Okay. God wants us to fear him, but it's this good fear, like, that we're in awe of who he is. Because we don't have to be scared of him because he's that slow to anger, okay? But it's a confession of his promises that we know him. Find those promises in scripture. 
give me a promise that you know right off the top of your head. What's a promise you know from God? Heaven. Jesus is coming back. He's not going to wipe us off the earth again. Everlasting life. Eternal life, we'll go with that. Forgiveness. He'll never leave you. Right? These are promises, right? They are sprinkled throughout Scripture through real people that God worked through that needed to hear those again. And you know what? We need to hear those things too. Find those promises. And those moments where you're like struggling and you don't know and you don't trust that God's really who he says he is, that's where you go. Because that brings you back to the focus that God is who he says he is. And he will do what he says he will do. Why? We see that over and over and over and over again. There are promises that I've had to say to myself over and over and over again until I believed it. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. That's from Psalms. I wrote it on my mirror in my bathroom. I wrote it on a post-it note and taped it to my steering wheel. I put it by the coffee machine. I put it with my Dr. Pepper. Okay, because I needed to hear that over and over again. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. There's comfort in suffering. One, that's weird, right? Suffering stinks sometimes. It's hard. But we've got a real present God who's walking through that. So that's a comfort. You're not doing it alone. Okay, David knew that. So he repeated those promises over and over and over again. Okay? There's this responsiveness that we see with him of the leading of the Holy Spirit. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. Pick one of these psalms. Psalm 6, 7, 11, 16, or 17. Find one. Psalms, it's like in the middle of your Bible. And then find a marker, pen, pencil, something you can write with. Okay, so Psalm 6, 7, 11, 16, or 17. All right, so really quickly, look through one of those Psalms, and here's what I want you to do. Highlight or underline the words where you see David's responsiveness to the Holy Spirit. Like, so how does his tone change, and he sees what the Holy Spirit's going to do? Okay, so you'll probably see the first couple ones, right? You see the, the worship part, the dependence, the promise. And then you're going to see this responding. What is David's response? All right, you guys see how he changes his tone? When you read through, everybody get, get through a psalm. They should be pretty short. I think I didn't pick long ones. Sometimes David gets long-winded. Here's the other thing I want to encourage you guys to do. Mark in your Bibles. Okay? Write. This is a way for you to have that conversation with God. Put questions on the margin. Highlight. Underline. Write questions. Maybe it's something over this week that sticks out to you. Underline it in your book. Put NYG 2019. Because just like how music brings us back to things... 
so does scripture. And when we mark it in a way and we put a thing next to it, you're going to then have memories of NYG when you read that again. Here's the thing, my friends. When we pray, we wait expectantly because you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to do some crazy stuff. He is actively working in your life so that you know who God is. Okay? Then, we, then there's like a variety. You just see this, you know, like peppered throughout of other people who wrote psalms. Okay? There's petitions, complaints, laments. This is like my life sucks kind of thing. Um, spiritual warfare, prophetic declarations. You guys can keep reading. The oppressed, the overcomer, the sinner, the forgiven, the past. So there is everything under the sun that you might experience in a psalm. David lived it. He didn't see God face to face. I really believe that these ingredients and how we look at David's life through the Psalms can help us have this vibrant, amazing prayer life. Here's some of the tools that I use. One, I journal to God. So, you know, like instead of writing Dear Diary or Dear Laura, um, I write Dear God. Or sometimes I write, Abba, Father. Or sometimes I write, Yo. Because we got a God who has this amazing personal relationship with us that's unique to who we are. And he knows directly how to speak to your heart so you hear him. And he knows how to directly speak to mine so that I hear him. So I journal. When I don't know what to say or how to say it and I feel like I'm babbling, I write. The other thing I do is spot a Spotify playlist for worship. DCE Laura, if you want to hook up with mine. Okay? But I put that together. Um, I have that cute little dog. Did you see her at the beginning? I forgot to introduce Charlie Rose. But we hike. We walk. We exercise together. And in that time, I'll either have my Spotify playlist going or I listen to nothing. And I just hear the birds or the frogs that are chirping, pray for no snakes, because that would be bad. Um, but we walk and we hike and we do that stuff together because being in creation, God speaks. And sometimes it's in that quiet stuff where we have no distractions, that we hear him the loudest. Um, I have what I call my personal prayer city. There are five of us in this group. We Voxer, it's an app. Um, and it's kind of like a walkie-talkie voicemail thing, which is awesome. Um, but we talk about the struggles we're having, how we need prayers. We share life because we all live in five different states. And so once a year we gather together and spend time together in the word, to pray for one another, to have fun. We play hard. We love escape rooms. We nail it every time. Okay, but they're my personal prayer city. They are the ones that have the access to the deepest parts of my heart. And they have the right to speak into that. This is important. Man, figure out who those people are. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes you might only have one. 
in high school. When I was in high school, none of my friends went to church. I was the only one. I was also the only one whose parents were still married. Not much different than what you guys have. Maybe. Okay? So I know what it feels like to be the only one who walks with Jesus and you're surrounded by those that don't. In high school, I prayed deeply for those friends that they would know Jesus. Okay? But find your personal prayer city. Sometimes it might not be the people you go to school with. Sometimes it might not even be the people in your youth group. Did you catch that? Okay? Be picky who has the right to speak into your heart. Social media is not one of them. Okay? Um, And then be committed in obedience to Bible study and worship. We heard this morning, uh, hopefully you heard it in your Bible, morning Bible studies, that we are not to walk this stuff alone. I guarantee you there is somebody in this room who has experienced something that you are dealing with right now. The body of believers are that kind of people who can walk with you and say, I've been there. Here's the other side. You'll make it through but let's walk this together. David didn't see God, but he knew that he was real and present. God is real and present in your life. And prayer is the greatest privilege we have in that communication. And let me tell you, there have been times in my life that I have cussed God out one side and down the other, and I was coming around for round two. Because I was that mad. But like David, I threw it out there. And I ended with, but you are the God who loves me. No matter what. Even if you think it's not going to help telling him because he already knows. Sometimes it's that you need to say it out loud. That we own our sin. We own the struggle. We own the burden. And that's when the Holy Spirit can start begin the healing. But my friends, be honest. He already knows. But he wants to hear it from you. Every time. The praises. The stuff that sucks. The things that you pray for that you think this is really dumb to pray for. Like. Please help me pass this test. I prayed for couches one time. Not like just any couches that get donated to youth workers, but I want grown-up couches, God. Like, I want to pick them out. Okay? So even things like that. God wants to know all those things. Like how you text your friends about your day or you post it on social media. I don't need to know what you had for lunch. Unless it's really good then I need the address, and I need you to pay for it. (laughs) Okay, but he wants to know those things too. Prayer is also our way of getting that stuff out. Because we do more harm to our bodies by keeping those things in and not having that honest conversation with him. Prayer is awesome and powerful, and it's more than just a Lord's Prayer. 
It's walking every step with the God who created you, who will never let you fall. Okay, let's pray. Oh, God, you're just, oh, I just love you so much. And I love that you have created us to be a people who desire relationship, not only with you, but with one another. Father, I pray for all these young people in here, that they would find this mighty prayer city people who would walk with them every day in prayer and encourage them, that they would be honest and open with you about all of the stuff in their life, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And that every day they would encounter you in a new and real way and that their life is forever changed. Be with us as we continue in this journey, but be with us when we go home and life comes back into full swing. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.